Welcome to Hitachi Solutions Podcast. Join us as we talk with our skilled professionals and experts, exploring how customers like you are delivering business outcomes, tackling business challenges, and accelerating their business initiatives, leveraging Microsoft applications and technologies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Exchanges with Hitachi Solutions, where we talk all things people, process, and technology for the modern and at times cutting edge enterprise. In the spirit of cutting edge, we're going to try something a little different today. I'm actually going to be interviewing one of Microsoft's new AI chatbots. Just kidding. We are going to focus on AI today, though. But instead of a chatbot, I'll be talking with Greg Gant, our own vice president of advisory services, who's been deep into the AI scene and helping organizations navigate what this new age of artificial intelligence means for them. Greg, thanks so much for joining me once again. How are you doing today? Yeah, thank you, Dave. I'm doing great. Coming to you live from uh, Lake Tahoe in Nevada and looking forward to talking about one of my favorite topics. As of Yeah, everyone point. loves talking AI at 6.30 a.m. Pacific. So. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. You're probably the only person I know that, that would get up early just to talk about this. But that's why I'm so excited to, to have this conversation with you. Um, I know you've been out there. You've been at a couple of those fi fireside chats with Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI. You're having a lot of conversations with executives about what this all means for their organizations. Could we start maybe with even just defining what does AI mean, especially as it relates to the business world? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's where I do like to start on this topic. And I think one of the most interesting things, probably the most compelling things that I've taken away from fireside chats, I've taken away with some time I've had with Microsoft leadership is that the most powerful piece of this whole thing is we have actually created or with OpenAI and ChatGPT, there's actually been a creation of a model that learns and it learns from us, it learns from our business, it learns from our data, and it has the ability to improve and create efficiencies. And if you decouple everything and think about that first, that's extremely powerful. What comes next with that, though, is the immediate interest of what exactly is this? What does it do? How can it help us? Is it dangerous to, to expose our things to it? So there's all these question creation moments that happen as soon as you realize, well, this is a this is a model that can learn from us. And that's really fascinating. And I think we can probably double click into that a little bit. But that's where I start is we've got a model that learns. We have something that. Um, can learn from the human modalities, and it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I the funny thing is, as I was trying to come up with the the terrible dad jokes that I used to open this, um, I was thinking about, okay, can I play something around like, oh, am I going to re be reporting to an AI chatbot one day? And then it <laughs> dawned on me, like if it can learn, if it can learn about me and learn about what I'm trying to do or the the clients I'm serving, why wouldn't that be possible? And that opens a whole scary dimension of. Where is this going? And I know a lot of the conversations you're having are around this concept that, I mean, Microsoft's been talking it for a while and other organizations, but responsible AI. Um, would you dive into that a little bit and tell us like, what, what does that term mean? And what's yeah. top of mind for executives as they're engaging with us around responsible AI? Yeah, yeah, and that is that is really what's top of mind right now. And I think when we talk about RAI or responsible AI, there's three things that come to mind there. Number one is making sure that we have a firm understanding of what 
is artificial intelligence and what isn't it? That's that's really important. And, and Sam Altman kind of starts there as well. What is it and what isn't it? The second piece to that is how do we do this ethically to where it's safe for our business, responsible for our employees, and serves our customers in a way that is true to the language of our business, true to our culture. That's that's where you start to introduce the, the responsible term. And then the third piece of that, which is where starting to see a lot of our customers, executives leaning into is around where is that intersection point between humans and artificial intelligence? And that's true to our workforce and true to our customers. And that's where we start to you know, have this term called HAX. Uh, you'll see that's part of the Microsoft methodology around how do we actually implement OpenAI and ChatGPT. And it's that intersection of we've created this, this open AI component that is going to overlap and interact with our people. Where does that come together and how do we make sure it actually serves people the way that we've that we think it can and that we did design it to. And that's where the responsible AI piece starts to come into play. Um, there's there's a lot to that, but really that's where you start is is those three things. I like that, especially the tie back to culture. Um, a lot of organizations we work with, we tend to begin with their mission, vision, values, and try to understand who they are and what they're hoping to achieve. And the who they are is not necessarily the names and the roles, but as a collective organization, what do they stand for and what are they hoping to bring to the world? And if you have clarity around that, it's easy to try to figure out how AI can fit into that culture and help enable everything that you're trying to do as an organization. So I can definitely appreciate that. Um, what are some of the common questions you're getting from leaders around responsible AI? Is it mostly, how do I approach this? Or what's the tactical way we go about implementing it? Yeah, yeah, it, great question. Um, where, where we're seeing the starting point, and this is going to sound kind of crazy because as we've all read in the headlines, the chat GPT, fastest, most adopted technology we've ever seen, et cetera. So all this stuff. We're actually seeing a little bit of a slowdown start from executives within our customers. And it's starting with, believe it or not, what is this? What what does it do? What is it? How does it work? Um, which is kind of crazy, right? We we as technologists, we sometimes dive headfirst into solutioning and wow, we could use chat GPT to be a, a sales enablement tool with Copilot. We can't. It does all those things. It's amazing to do the things that it can do. But executive CFOs especially, I've had some great conversations over the last two weeks with a couple CFOs at our companies, and they're saying, what is this? Before we even start to think how it could apply to our business, Greg, explain to me what chat GPT is. What does GPT stand for? Um, how does it work? What is it doing? Is it on the web? Is it internal? I mean, things like that. It's really, really high level questions uh, before we even start to think about what could this do for our business? And, and that's really interesting because executives and, and other leaders at our customers are seeing all the headlines as we all are, right? Here's all this cool stuff and some kind of scary stuff that this thing can do. They're saying, things like, could it help make implementations easier? And that's a really, I won't get too aside, but a fascinating story I had, a CFO of a very large hospitality company was asking, is there a way, you know, we're, it's so painful. We have to do seven ERP and finance and operations implementations over the next year. 
is there a way chat GPT could make that less painful for us? And that's what was top of mind for that CFO. And when you think about that, everyone's got all the cool use cases of, well, maybe I can write my emails for me or read my inbox or uh, update CRM like nobody likes to do, write code, write all these kind of uh, use cases that we're seeing all over the place right now. But leaders are thinking about it maybe a little different. Um, how could it help an implementation? How could it help uh, streamline multiple data sources into a single story? Things like that. But even before we get there, Dave, we're starting with what is it? And, and yeah. how does it get implemented? And what are our competitors doing? That, that's really where it's starting right yeah. now. It's funny because I, um, I remember watching the co-pilot announcement that Microsoft did and kind of monitoring the LinkedIn. There was a chat off to the side and I was watching um, a lot of people talking about how they're going to use it to be more efficient and they can, you know, they don't have to worry so much about how they craft emails because they're going to have this co-pilot that's going to make sure it's all appropriate and, and thorough and it's pulling data from all these systems. And um, what you're helping me realize is that we're already we're, we're diving so quickly into these solutions that we haven't really defined what it is at a higher level and how we should look at implementing it. Um, and where it could help organizations outside of the tactical emails and, and Excel spreadsheets. So it's really interesting that um, we're starting to have conversations around how it can save time and complex ERP implementations and, and those sorts of uh, engagements. Um, but how are we helping to educate our clients today? Are, are you sitting down and having structured conversations? What are what are some of the talking points that you're you're helping these leaders understand? Yeah, yeah, it starts with education, I think. And, you know, we do have a pretty structured approach as, I mean, as you know, Dave, for me, everything starts with a workshop. But essentially, we like to start with that 101. What is AI? How are companies using this? Uh, even before we talk use cases. And that's typically a conversation. Uh, it's a it's a one-on-one -on -one or one-on-a-couple education on here's what this thing is. Here's how Microsoft's involved, right? Everyone knows OpenAI and ChatGPT. Where does Microsoft fit into that story? And, and how can we bring those technologies into a customer's ecosystem? So there's some education that happens there. Then what we like to do, and it's really cool. A lot of people may, may not know, Microsoft has basically opened up their toolkit. So they they are heavy users of OpenAI, ChatGPT, um, all the generative things we've seen. They use it internally. And what they've said is, we've really approached this from an ethical and responsible position internally. We believe we're thought and sort of guidance leaders amongst this industry. Let's open up our toolkit for other people to use. And if you go to the Microsoft website and and look through their responsible AI toolkit, there's not a lot that we need to reinvent. So what we try to do is bring that toolkit to our customers. And we believe, okay, we've seen this with a lot of different companies and use cases and, and different customers of ours. And we think bringing that as value to a new customer and say, hey, this is something you're exploring. Here's how we bring Microsoft's best practices as well as learnings from other customers to help save you time, money, and mistakes. And, and really, that's kind of our approach. And there's an HAX workbook that we use. There's an ethical checklist. And we just kind of start at the highest level with the customer before we start getting into, let's prioritize some use cases, right? And there's kind of a 12-point a checklist that we use to say, here are areas you can explore that we're seeing OpenAI and, and ChatGPT 
help you as a customer? And let's let's kind of uncover those areas of your business. Uh, it can be everything from content generation to code conversion, even getting into ERP implementation, sort of uh, pain prescriptions and things like that. But we go through those pieces. We say, what do these where you where could this work for you? And then we start exploring those use cases more deeply so that we can do some proof of value and proof of concept areas. So that's kind of a high level, but that gives you a little bit of an idea of where we start. And uh, we think that it can that it can help a customer save some time. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to me. I think it it goes back to well, you'd mentioned I know you like workshops. Everything starts with a workshop. Um, something else I know you're a big fan of are roadmaps. And so actually building a plan to effectively use something like responsible AI. Um, how are we helping organizations build those plans and, and maybe even focusing on the responsible part? How are we helping them keep that top of mind as they build out use cases and plan their journey? Yeah, yeah, it is uh, one of my favorite topics. And, and maybe I'll start at a high level and say, even just advisory 101, I get that question a lot. You're a Microsoft partner, you're deep into technology. What is advisory? And the most simple answer that I've sort of, you know, sorted out over my time leading this group is we are expert map makers. We take our journeys that we've done with other customers, our lessons learned, things that have gone well, things we could have done better, and we combine that into a value offering to help a customer go from point A to point B as smoothly as possible. That's our that's one of our core value statements. And responsible AI is no different. We want to help a customer go from what is this thing to I think it could help to let's try it out. And that for me starts with the roadmap. Here is what we can do for a customer to say, here's where you are today, here's how we understand it. Most likely it's probably at that education level, right? Uh, we're seeing uh, most of our customers are just now starting to think, okay, we better do something. We're we're seeing it all over the place. Our competitors are trying this thing out. We better do something. So we go from we better do, do something to let's identify a few use cases. And we use a pretty guided process to help that kind of step through it on the last question. So I won't repeat, but uh, that's where that map comes into place of you're you're at the highest level today. You need to try a few things out. You want to do some proof. We always try to, you know, advocate for a proof of concept in this type of thing first to make sure that it um, will will do the things that we expect it to do and do them responsibly. Uh, but it all starts with that POC and, and the roadmap there. So hopefully that helps. Yeah, that helps a lot. And I think when when we use the word responsible, I, I've seen a lot of different definitions around it. Um, people tend to gravitate uh, from my perspective towards like, how do we make sure we don't have experience a data breach? Mm -hmm. But from what I see, there's also um, ways that AI can be uh, biased. And, and I've seen quite a bit of conversation around that and helping to make sure that we're monitoring how the language models are being built and, and making sure that we're keeping bias out, um, it, bias from a lot of perspectives. I mean, even um, individuals with disabilities, making sure that anything we're using AI tools for provides the necessary accommodations um, for them to be able to take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, and so I could see how building a map could help you take a, a solid inventory of those things and make sure you're, you're checking our, your use cases. Are they um, responsible and accessible to all? Have we eliminated bias? Do we have the right controls in place in case um, we need to monitor what's happening with our use of AI with the organization. So a, a map, a roadmap, it just makes a lot of sense to me that we start yeah. there. 
Yeah, and there, you you kind of hit a fun topic with uh, some of the headlines on you know when AI goes wrong, right? And we've we've seen these things, and they're kind of spectacular. But when you think about real use cases in our businesses, right? I I was with a, a health plan, a health insurance company, a, a couple of weeks ago, and talking through some open AI use cases. And CIO said, "Hey, the last thing I need is if we go build." a chat GPT interface to do expense reporting, which is something they were exploring. Oh my gosh, is the, is the CEO's expense report going to be out there floating around the, the interweb? <laughs> yeah. and, you yeah. know, it's like, oh my, that, that is a real concern, right? And we need a plan to make sure that that uh, doesn't happen. There, there's another interesting story. I was uh, sharing some notes with our leader of innovation, Paul Way, yesterday, and he brought up a really cool and kind of internal to us, right? We use... Um, we have a product offering that we do here at Itachi called Empower, which is an amazing data-driven uh, kind of entryway to some open AI reporting, data and analytics, et cetera. Well, Empower, that's a product for us, but it's also like the name of our uh, what we use for our retirement uh, you know, 401ks here at Itachi. How could we expect open AI to know the difference between those two things, right? So there's all this planning and road mapping and, and drawing that has to happen to make sure that if we say, hey, I'd like information about my retirement account, that we don't go over to grab product information from Empower off of our shelves. So there's some things like that that we help customers with as well that's kind of fun, um, but it does all start with that responsibility offering. Yeah. Yeah, Greg, that feels like a really good place for us to um, bring the conversation to a close. I, I think we hit on some really great topics next week. We're going to be talking to some of our technical experts. So if we're focusing today on what is AI and responsible AI next week, we're going to get into the details on how you can actually stand this up in your organization, what it takes to get there. There are a few things, though, Greg, that uh, I think our listeners should take away that were top of mind for me. And and one is early on our conversation around um, really going back to your organizational culture and what you stand for, your core values, where you're going as, as a collective and figuring out how you can use AI in a way that is true to your culture. I loved that. The next thing is, as you're planning your AI journey, identifying those intersection points between humans and AI. So thinking through where individuals sitting with hands-on keyboards or on their phones, interacting with chatbots and, and, and the GPTs and, and all the acronyms, uh, where is that actually going to be happening and what is that experience like where we can use it responsibly? And third, to that point, take a careful and calculated approach by building a map that establishes a clear path to responsible AI. Uh, those are really big takeaways for me. Is there anything you think, Greg, that I missed? I think you summarized it perfectly, Dave. All right. Greg, thank you so much for, for joining me today. This was a very enlightening conversation. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Please uh, go out to wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about Hitachi Solutions, check us out at global.hitachi-solutions.com. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next time. We are Hitachi Solutions, a global team of innovators who support our customers' data and business system modernization initiatives.